that after nearly 75 years after the birth of the Ouija board, which was low-key built as a means to have eager young adults have an excuse to touch knees, Americans would be over-inventing board games that encourage touching. That was definitely not the case. This is the story of Twister. This is Toys R Us. All of my Hello, and welcome back to the Toys R Us podcast, your weekly dive into the history of a thing that helped you grow up without even realizing that you were growing up. Isn't that fucking weird? Yeah. It's like a a weird thing to think about, right? You don't think about this shit until you, like, find a picture of something and you're like, like that thing you tagged me in today. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my fucking god, you hear the Kill Bill sirens? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that was such a big fucking part of my life for quite some time. And then it yeah. just kind of fucks off and you never think about it again. Yeah, like, where the hell are my freaking Dunkaroos? You know what I mean? Oh, uh-huh, man. Sponsor the fucking show, Dunkaroos. Don't be a coward. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, my name is Richard Hunt. And with me once again is the co-hostess with the mostess. Heather. Okay. Now I can say my name. Yes, say I'm my Heather. Name, say my name. Well, hi, Heather. I'm, How are you? I'm, I'm going to be quiet. You can do your <laughs> spiel. Uh, Heather, this week we're going to be... <laughs> we're we're going to be going over the history of Twister. And I don't mean the Helen Hunt movie. The movie's Although, scary. What a fucking movie, though. Yeah. I was That's traumatized a... watching that movie as a kid. 
That's an A plus cast. That like there's a like good... a cat, like the cow flying around and shit. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's so sad. That poor cow. Isn't it weird to think how many people in the movie Twister are fucking dead? Um, I really wasn't gonna go there, but that's nice. I, mean, I only re- I barely remember it because I only watched it one time, and then it was like, oh well, that was a mistake. Bill Paxton <clears throat> is dead. Philip Seymour Hoffman is dead. Carrie uh, Elway's career is dead. Oh, don't! How oh. dare you! <laughs> How dare you! It, that's not true. No. No. Okay. If you say so. He had a very small part on the last season of. Uh, the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He also had a bit part in the show Psych. Oh, really? Which, oh, hell he, yes. He had a bit part piece. on the show The X-Files. Oh. Yeah. He's also Dr. Lawrence Gordon <clears throat> from Saw. Oh, yeah. That's mm-hmm. one of his best roles, I think. That's amazing. What a guy. Yeah, I love him. I love him too, you know. And he's fucking Dread Pirate Roberts. Come on. Ugh, Give him so a fucking good. hand. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, man. The quarantine episodes are weird. They are some weird episodes. But you know what? It's weird fucking times we live in. Yeah. When everything else is weird, you need weird entertainment. All the governors and mayors are like, hey, the president, fuck yourself. <laughs> We're looking at what could quickly become a fucking, I don't know, state coups, you know? Like, okay, mm-hmm. rise up, states. Did you hear that a tiger got the coronavirus? Oh my god, really? In the At the Brooklyn Zoo, oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, I'm pretty scared now. Somebody fucking called Joe Exotic. <laughs> Or don't. Yeah. Or call Carol fucking Baskins. <laughs> They're reopening her husband's death. I know. <laughs> oh boy. She's probably Uh-oh, Carol. pissed. Uh-oh. Oh, Carol. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Catch a Carol fucking Baskins by the toe. Better hide your sardine oil, Carol. Speaking of catching something by the toe, uh-huh. uh, are you ready to talk about Twister? Yep. Okay. Before we explore the particulars of how Twister became a part of our just, I don't know, general pop culture zeitgeist, like everybody knows Twister. Yeah. Let's first review the basics of the game for anyone who may have been living underneath a fucking rock. Okay. Uh, Twister is played on a large plastic mat, which serves as the playing board. It has four rows of large circles, each row being red, green, yellow, or blue. Mm -hmm. Uh, A spinner with four sections is also included, one for each foot and one for each hand. Each of those four sections is also divided into the four colors. After spinning, the combination is called, such as left foot red. And the player must move that body part to a circle of the corresponding uh, color without falling over. Which is always easier said than done. Yeah. You always look at it, you're like, 
I got that shit. And then you realize, oh, my body is fucked. <laughs> yeah, or you're going to end up with your face, like, right in someone's butt crack or something. Yeah, yeah, not not in a good place. <laughs> not, in a, not in a good It's It's definitely not a game that you should be playing during this pandemic. Nope. Like, that's the last thing you should fucking be doing. It really is. This is uh, the opposite. The polar opposite of what you should be playing would be, like, Battleship. Mm-hmm. Because really, all you need to do is just have those two boards. You can be however the fuck far away you want. True. Um, due to a limited amount of colored circles, players will often be forced to put themselves in unseemly precarious or even extremely risque positions if they don't mm-hmm. want to just fucking tap out right uh and a player is eliminated when their elbow or knee touches the mat or if they just fall completely mm-hmm. uh now that we're past that let's just get into the meat and potatoes of how it came about uh mm-hmm. the the original idea for the game that became twister came from an ad, ad executive and inventor rain geyer in 1965 okay and he was like a pervert um i don't know if it was so much of a pervert (laughs) i mean i feel like it was 1965 it's like mad men everybody was every ad executive was a fucking pervert right right (laughs) it just feels like this is a this is gonna be one of those um situations where someone was like just super horny and yeah know, like, created this game as an excuse to like you know get more up ethically personal... yeah more ethically feel up his like female interns oh no mm-hmm. i know <laughs> uh his company the reynolds geyer agency of design had been hired to do a promo display for a shoe polish company and he was tinkering with colored polka dot paper for ideas. He found a large cardboard sheet, drew 24 colorful one-foot squares in a 4 by 6 arrangement, and called in eight of his co-workers to play a game in which they moved around like chess pieces. The game was a riot, and I immediately knew that this was more than a promotion for shoe polish. It had the makings of a retail product, he recalls, which is exactly how the Magic 8-Ball came about. Uh, He made it for uh brunswick like the billiards and bowling alley place they they mm-hmm. needed a, a paperweight for like the ceo of the company and they just kind of mis- mismatched these two things together and the guy was like okay i should probably fucking sell this as a toy yeah i mean if you think about it magic eight ball is just like another form of divination you know it's just like Oh yeah, tarot cards and runes and shit. Because his mother was like really into that, and she she originally she had the cardboard box where you put the chalkboard in it and chalk, and like there, a message would show up. Ew, no. Yeah, and she called that the psycho slate, and then that eventually became a spherical tube that basically. Now was the Magic 8-Ball. Fascinating. Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool. Um, but he was suddenly hit with inspiration for something much different. 
uh, a board game where the pieces were not plastic, but people. And he called the first version of this invention King's Footsie. Oh, no. I hate that, and definitely does not roll <laughs> off the fucking tongue like Twister. It sounds so dirty. King, oh yeah, King's Footsie sounds like a definite weird sex position where you mm-hmm. literally have somebody's foot in your ass. Like if someone's like, do you want to play King's Footsie? I'd be like, absolutely mm. not. Mm-mm. I don't know what that is. I don't want to know what that is. Yeah, no. Get away from me. The answer is no. Absolutely pervert. not. Yeah. yeah Imagine your coworker like being like, hey, come play this game with me, and it's Twister. Like, um, no. I'd be like, um... I don't, I don't want to know you like that. <laughs> You're married. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm married. Stay away from me. <laughs> it's like, oh, but it's like chess, but for this humans. This is a game. Okay, sure. Sure like, it I is. Don't, I don't like chess with real pieces, let alone human pieces. What are you, fucking Jeffrey Dahmer? <laughs> <laughs> Some Ed Gein shit. Yeah, he made a chessboard, but out of human parts. Ah. Yeah, yeah. If you really mm. think about Twister, it's a lot of, it's problematic. Oh yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Okay, continue. Uh, when everybody started laughing at the name King's Footsie, oh, uh, shit. it assured him that he had a winner. Uh-huh. Which good for him and his confidence, because I would have been like. Oh, I'm throwing this in the garbage, and I will never, (laughs) ever tell anybody about this. (laughs) Yeah. Like, oh my god, I was almost known as the guy who created King's Footsie. King's Footsie, yeah. For the love of god. Thank you for laughing at me, honestly, co-workers. You you really spared me just a lifetime of hardships. Uh, They tossed around several different names, finally landing on Pretzel. Okay. Unfortunately, this name was not legally legally available, which is that's so hard to fucking say. Say legally available. You just sound legally like Pat- available. Patrick saying legally, legally. <laughs> <laughs> legally available. <laughs> yeah. So they just went with Twister. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a name that he was never happy with thinking that it wasn't descriptive enough of the game in the way Pretzel was. Okay. Sorry, dude. Yeah, dude. That's like, I love the band Ghost, but you also picked, like, one of the most used words in fucking English. Uh Ghost. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, let me look up Ghost merch, and it's just a fucking hoodie on Amazon with a ghost on it. No, that's not what I meant. Yeah, cool, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, when it came time to patent the game, Geyer claims that his two assistants, Charles Foley and Neil Rabins, deliberately left him out of the patent papers. He said, there is, there is a patent, and quite, quite frankly, I wasn't part of it. Foley and Rabins did a fabulous job, and we worked together on it, and I feel badly that they didn't stick around to develop a vision of our company. People have a tendency to attribute new products to one person, and I've never, in any of the products I've ever developed, seen it happen that one person did it. You share the ideas, and it's a process. So they kind of just fucking strong-armed him out of the uh, patent papers. Whoops. Which does not even fucking phase him, because, and, and you don't, I mean, you might know, because you listen to the episodes. 
uh, he also developed and brought into life Nerf. So, so Twister compared to Nerf in terms of longevity and sales is fucking nothing. Yeah. It's Nerf or nothing. Oh. I said something stupid early on before we started recording and you were like so disappointed and and then you just said that. So we'll talk about it later. (sighs) Life is just all about disappointments, is it not? I I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, According to Raven, shortly after filing the patent, they then signed the rights over to Twister to Geyer, with the understanding that they'd be given a cut of any profits from the game. Whatever the truth of the matter, Foley and Ravens went on to form their own toy company shortly after this. And then, you know, Rain went on to invent the Nerf Ball. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile... I'm, in... I'm squishing a Nerf Ball right now. See? It's all cyclical. Yeah. yeah. This is some M. Night Shyamalan shit. Is it? Yeah. What a twist. What a twist. Uh, I mean, I could have gone the fucking... Wow, um... It's like, uh... Oh, no. You think about it in the, in no, the future. George. In terms of the future, there's like, uh... Life is a ball, you know? If you, if you, <laughs> if you really... If you chase your passions and it's fun, life life is like, life is like a ball, you know? I guess. Imagine a conversation between... Forrest Gump and George Lucas. <laughs> How about I don't? It would just go on forever. Uh, it would never end. Well, neither. I mean, I I feel like Forrest Gump would end up being like a listener in that situation, and just true. Yeah, you're right. But we're not going to sit here right. and write fan fiction about George Lucas and Forrest Gump. I'm sure it already fucking exists. Well, Anyways, back in 1965, in the executive offices at Milton Bradley, who acquired the rights to Twister, the head honchos were a bit uneasy about Twister's naughty connotations and what it could do to their company's squeaky clean, squeaky clean reputation. To others, the potential for profit outweighed any moral considerations. Yes? Uh, you said something. You're like try to say squeaky clean and you fucked it up and then i remembered the patrick thing again oh yeah Funny. yeah yeah sorry um, carry on yes after all the game consisted of a sheet of plastic and a piece of cardboard so the mm-hmm. manufacturing costs were practically fucking nothing right even so during its few months on the first few months on the market twister barely sold it all Sears, for example, was reluctant to put the game in its catalog, not sure if it was right for their family-friendly demographic. Which, you see how that worked out for Sears, because Twister still exists and Sears doesn't. Ooh. Shots fired, Sears. Shots fired. Just as Milton Bradley was about to throw in the towel, one last desperate measure was attempted to promote the game. The PR team decided to pitch the game to The Tonight Show. Hmm. Because, you know... On May 3rd, 1966, Johnny Carson and his guest that evening, Eva Gabor, demonstrated the charms of the until then almost unknown game. And with a few color dot rot connotations, interspersed with her heavy Hungarian accent and his priceless facial expressions, 
The studio audience was roaring with laughter, and Twister's popularity exploded. Three million units of the game were sold in that year alone. And at $3.88 a pop, which is about $30 today, they were rolling in the dough. Mm-hmm. By December, Milton Bradley's factories were turning out 40,000 boxes of Twister a day. And yeah. it still wasn't enough to keep up with the sales. They even scrapped a planned advertising campaign tied to New Year's Eve to allow its production line to catch up with demand. Oof. Wow. I know. I met, I met 40,000 fucking boxes of Twister a day. Fuck. That's insane. Yeah, it is. Twister was proclaimed the game of the year in 1967 and became one of the most iconic toys of the decade, surpassed only by the hula hoop. Some of its competitors mumbled that Milton Bradley was guilty of selling, quote, sex in a box. Ooh. Mm-hmm. But to me, it just sounds like their rivals were salty and wished that they had come up with something like that to begin with. Oh, absolutely. Fucking sex in a box. It's my dick in a box. Yep, my brain went there. Of course it did. Um, there have been a few different iterations of Twister since then. There is a, a very lame, like, tech decks equivalent called Finger Twister, where you just what play with the your fucking hell? I don't know. That just seems like we're in seventh grade and want to hold hands, but we're too afraid to hold hands. So I, uh, I bought a Finger Twister. Or you are, like, in, insanely bored in class yeah, and need something to do. Yeah, but then it's like, play Heads Up 7-Up like fucking normal children. <laughs> hmm. That game you know? sucks. Does it? Yeah. Sounds like, sounds like somebody was bad at Heads Up 7-Up. Probably. Uh, there are a few different educational forms of the game, such as Math Twister and a website Ugh. Word Twister. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. There are also, like, do-it-yourself variations of the game, such as Bubble Wrap Twister, Glow-in-the-Dark Twister, and Painted Lawn Twister. Glow-in-the-Dark Twister actually sounds really fun. Yeah, that does sound very fun. Uh, then there's also Drunk Twister, Strip oh. Twister, Drunk and Strip Twister. Drunk and slip, yeah. <laughs> strip twister. <laughs> uh, drunk and strip twister. Oily uh-huh. twister. Naked oh. twister. Ew. And a, a version called pink twister. Um, which is an addition that... And this is... People are making this themselves. Where you add pink spots to the game. Which, if you touch the pink spot, you have to touch the other person's genitalia. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, R.E.M. mentioned Twister in the song Man on the Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that song. In 1987, a world record was set when 4,160 students at the University of Massachusetts played the game on a campus lawn. In October 2007, 450 students from... Fargo, North Dakota. Dakota. What? (laughs) (laughs) My mouth gave up, man. Wow, that was awesome. (laughs) That sounded like a fucking robot that was being shut down. (laughs) Yeah, it sounded like you got water in it, you know? Like. (laughs) Fargo, North Dakota. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Okay. Fargo, North Dakota. 
<laughs> Set a world record for the largest twister game mat by taping together 180 mats. The resulting twister mat measured 4,699 square feet. Mm. That's a big ass twister. Mm-hmm. You know who is way too busy to play twister? Who? It's Fafty. The fact in the box. Uh, the inventors of the game had a mantra they would repeat again and again in subsequent years. Clean mind, clean game. Dirty mind, dirty game. Um... Okay, I don't think Which, that's how that works, but well, no, it's like when you're when you watch a, a cartoon you watched as a kid, as an adult, you're like, oh my god, that's <laughs> yeah. dirty. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, there are some dirty jokes in yeah. the shows that we watched when we were kids. You're like Christ. Mm-hmm. You're like, um, I'm offended now. Like, yeah. <laughs> God Almighty. Uh, Milton Bradley distributed a book of Seagram's Seven Crown drink recipes with a Twister theme to 15,000 liquor stores across America right around the time Twister launched. Ooh, that's smart. That's very smart. Uh, in the late 90s, the National Federation for the Blind circulated instructions for adapting Twister so people with visual impairments could still play. Hmm. Using different textures and braille for the colored circles, players can feel their way through the game interesting yeah uh in 1968 parker brothers released a game called funny bones a card deck that required players to try and hold an oversized playing card between various body parts oh boy but it did not last in 2015 a country singer named thomas rett set a new twister world record by revealing the largest ever twister board at a concert appearance in texas it was laid out at the AT&T Stadium and consisted of 1,200 standard-sized twister mats put together to form one massive 27,159-square-foot playing board. Jesus. Imagine the fucking poor people that had to set that shit up. Ugh. No. Like, not fun. No. Not fun at all. But... That brings us to the end of another wild ride here at Toys R Us. Oh. Yeah, so straight and to the point, you know? Yeah, not a lot of twists and turns. Oh my god. Do you feel proud of yourself? I absolutely hate myself. You're right on this fucking train with me. (laughs) I don't know what you've done to me. I hate puns. Mm -hmm. And what the fuck was that? What the fuck was what? Your pun? Yeah. Well, you know what? <laughs> you learn from the best. You learn from the best. If you I, like learning from the best, you can consider doing the following. You can follow us on all social media. We are Toys R Us Podcast across the board. You can leave a five-star rating and review anywhere that you can do so. Uh, especially on Podchaser right now, because every review you leave, they donate 25 cents. And if I reply to your review, they double it. Oh. And you could donate, or you could, like, 
leave a review per episode too. So every time that you do that, they donate twenty five cents to like food cool. banks and stuff. So it's it's a good time to fucking do it. Uh, or you can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash Toys R Us podcast. But until next time, remember, Twister is not family friendly. No. And remember, you will always be a Toys R Us kid. I'd like to take the time out to thank our patrons. We couldn't do this without you. So thank you to Jeremy, Jessica, Nicole, Amy, Nicole, Nicole, John, Juanita, Sabrina, Shannon, and Steven. Thanks a bunch, guys. I think that was the same one.